Priestess Podcast. I'm your host, Majori, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my very special guest, Zoe. Zoe is the founder of Lunar Lightworker, and she is a trained transference healer and earth alchemy coach. Zoe is on a mission to help empathetic lightworkers step into their light. She inspires to help them raise and sustain their vibration by aligning to the lunar, cosmic, and earth cycles so they can step into the highest version of themselves. Zoe has a background in teaching and years of experience running and coaching a transference healing business. Her purpose is to be of service to empathetic lightworkers and to help them step into and embrace their light gifts so they can hold a high frequency space for themselves and others. So I'm so excited to get into this interview and thank you so much for your support of the podcast. Hi Zoe, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you, Majori. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you today. You're so interesting. And I've never had a guest like you before with like the type of work that you do. So I'm really excited to just get all into it. And before we kind of jump into your work, I do want to ask, uh, what is your zodiac sign? So my birth sign is Gemini with, uh, I always give my Chiron wounding as well. For for me, it's really um, important. So it's uh, Chiron wounding and Aries and the birth sign is Gemini. I love that. I love Geminis. I'm an Aries and I feel like we get along so well. It does feel like that, doesn't it? And it, and it's funny, the airy side of it is that real kind of getting on, doing. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that in you already. So, yeah, that's a really good gift. <laughs> never, never stop me. It's just like, go, 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 go all the yeah. time. So, <laughs> um, So what would you say is like your favorite part about being a Gemini? I've always considered myself very social. Like I start, I see myself as a real social butterfly. I like to flit in and out. I don't do like big group kind of um, commitment. I'm just have lots and lots of different friends that I'm, you know, I really sparkle in small bouts and I like to just flit in and out. And I, and I feel that's my strength really. Yeah. I love that. It's definitely like the creative collaboration. I think Gemini works well with and also spiritual work like I feel that so many Geminis are like tarot readers or astrologers just like really into like energy work and spiritual work and I think it's just another way for you to communicate and express like all the thoughts (laughs) that you have going on That's it. We can get a little bit heady. I I feel sometimes, you know, we overthink that can can block our kind of spiritual work and that we're not so soul led. Some, you know, we really have to pull ourselves back into back into soul because otherwise we can get too heady. And, you know, we have to, you know, we love to learn, we love to absorb. So so that can be a bit of a challenge sometimes in in this sort of work. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and also too this year in tarot it's the year of gemini because it's the lovers mm-hmm. year so mm-hmm. i don't know how this year has been for you but if you want to maybe like talk a little bit how the experience has been <laughs> um i probably don't know so much about the tarot and i and i can't really give that perspective on things but i can certainly give a, a, it from a general energy perspective and that it's been pretty relentless and i'm sure your audience and listeners can really appreciate that you know as as empaths and probably 
really light workers as well. We're so sensitive. So we're feeling this relentless push and so much going on cosmologically, just so many different things kind of unfolding in our lives, many, many unexpected things, because we're all being pushed to align and, and get to where, where, where we are meant to be in terms of um, soul purpose and, you know, our light mission. So, and I'm sure you can relate to that as well, um, you know, and just, just so, just so many things like retrogrades and um, meteor showers and uh, super moons, just to name a few. We're, we've just entered the Lionsgate portal as well, mm-hmm. which is a massive thing in terms of manifestation, but also speaking our truth and stepping into our power. So a, a lot going on. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can experience this as a bit of a, um, you know, spiritual anxiety in a way, because we feel our calling, but many of us don't actually know what that is you know we we know we want to be of service and we feel our potential but but we're kind of finding it difficult to to step into that so um I don't know whether you can relate to that Mm -hmm. yeah you totally nailed it on the head of like how the energy has been this year I feel like there's just been because it's it's like a Gemini year where so much like distraction it's like a a lot of excitement Mm -hmm. but with that you can kind of feel a little unsettled and like the anxiety the anxiousness and I've been kind of like going through a period of impatience where like I want things like I know they're like destined to be mine, but they haven't fully arrived um, in the physical. So I'm just like, oh, my God, like, when is it coming? And <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely it's been like a very um, an abundant year. But it's also kind of feel like a, a lot of frustration of just mm-hmm. like waiting or like I don't know, just some cosmic tension of just like, when is it coming? Or is it always going to be this like waiting game? So yeah, it, it almost feels I don't know whether you've got kids, Marjorie, but I it's almost like that birthing point, you know, just before before that birth, it's just that real intense time where you know, something big's gonna happen, don't you? You feel mm-hmm. it, but you have no idea how it's going to unfold. You have no idea when, mm-hmm. but, but it feels close. That's how I'm kind of experiencing it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And mm-hmm. um, allowing just like the unexpected to come when it wants to come like when the universe is like okay I'm aligning it now like be ready and it's like okay like (laughs) it's good but it can also be overwhelming too sometimes I feel so kind of tell me about your magical journey what led you to start lunar light worker and yeah just I guess kind of like your story yeah, I love this question. We're always so we all love these questions, don't we? Because it's fascinating to hear how people got to to where they are and working, you know, really working in their sole purpose. But you know, for me, I, when I look back, and I think a lot of us can say that is there were definitely clues in my childhood where, you know, I had this kind of connection to this light family that would visit me when I went to stay with my granddad, and I remember I, I remember them sitting on the edge of the bed and talking and and keeping me awake and I just get so frustrated I didn't actually know I was so accepting but looking back I was like yeah it's definitely some sort of light beings or um so I definitely had that and other experiences of remembering flying and, and you know just these visions and not being sure what was reality and what what was vision or, or um out-of-body experiences you know as mm-hmm. a child so I remember lots of things like that but as a kind of a teenager you know at school um you know growing 
growing up in the UK in the 70s and 80s, I, I was definitely an empath. I've come to realize that now, obviously, no, but no one talked about that and um, in in that period and in that time and certainly not in my family. And so it was, re- it was really, you know, like empaths will probably say, it was so difficult because I was just feeling everything that was going on. You know, school's a really stressful environment and I was onboarding everything. So, so sensitive, but not knowing what was my stuff, what was someone else's. And and this kind of became this kind of keeping myself small and resorting to people pleasing and people fixing behaviours that went on and on into adulthood. Um, I didn't have a real particularly developed sense of self either. And I, and I do feel that's to do with my Chiron and Aries wounding. That's a real big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my awakening was very slow and painful and... Um, you know, I had a lot of fear around stepping into my power. As I as I know, you know, it can be a big thing and a huge deal for people. I really felt my power and I felt my potential, but um, the fear really kept me back. At the time, I was working as a teacher in mainstream education. I was teaching languages mm-hmm. um, to teenagers. So again, a very <laughs> stressful environment. Yeah. Um, you know, and onboarding all the angst and the, you know, the stress and and again not actually realizing I was an empath at that point either um and but I started to have this interest in yoga and meditation and more for myself really and then I got interested in transference healing which is a modality that I've really dived deeply into and I approached the head at the school I was working at and I said I can really help these kids because there were a lot of them that were school refusing and Mm -hmm. and I set up these little nurture groups and at the beginning of the day and I'd come in with my crystals and my gridding and um, templates and cards, oracle cards and all this sort of thing. And kids are so receptive and and questioning and they felt the energy. You know, they they really felt the energy um, because, of, because like I said, there was no there was no questioning. There was no blocking. There was no mm-hmm. fear around it for them. And I started, you know, they started to experience real shifts. There were some that were school refusing and within sort of six months they were coming back in. And and I thought, you know, that oh, this is what this is what lights me up. This is what I want to be doing. I this, I love teaching and I'm still teaching, but it's just mm-hmm. totally differently now. Um, so I guess that part of me was still still very much in, in what I do now. Um, but I just kind of had this mini breakdown where I just I just don't want to be here anymore and within a week I'd given him my notice wow. resigned, and I had no clue as to what I was going to do or how to channel any of this but I just kind of went home cried for about a week <laughs> and um, slowly very slowly I sort of got this hit to um, create a woman's circle in my living room so I had women that would come and it would be around the, the full moon times this is when I started to get interested in moonology and then gradually cosmology as well and it just evolved from there and I guess really probably like a lot of us um COVID and the lockdown kind of got me to to get more online and honing those skills and um it's just kind of grown from there so yeah that's beautiful and um yeah I kind of feel like within the past couple years just the environment has just been more inclusive, but just supportive Mm -hmm. of like energy workers and, you know, Mm -hmm. witches, because I felt the same way, like just throughout my entire life, so misunderstood, but 
Um, I guess I can consider myself like an intuitive empath. The struggle is real. (laughs) Definitely to find that acceptance not only within yourself, but also within society. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you said that you had like a light family coming Mm -hmm. to you, what does that mean? Is that like you saw, was it like a mediumship type of thing where you saw like the dead or was it like angels or something else? (laughs) To be honest, I don't really know. I just remember them. And I, you know, it felt like a family. If there were beings, but it was, it's so interesting because seeing it through the, the eyes of a child, I, we ha- we're so accepting, aren't we? I didn't, and, and Rich, I've got to be totally honest. It just used to annoy me because it would keep, they would keep me awake with mm. the chattering. Mm. And um, I just remember their presence. So I, 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 visually I could see them them and sense them and hear them so it was all Mm -hmm. all the you know Claroy's audience was definitely opened up I didn't understand what they were saying but you know I just they were always there and they were always revealed to me and I used to share a bed with my sister when we were at my granddad's house so I knew that she never saw them so I knew it was all for me Mm -hmm. Um, and I just guess I shut them down unfortunately and I I think that that's very common you know some people manage to keep that open um, but because like I said there was no one that was really talking about these things I just I didn't it wasn't a fear thing but I just I was just like right no I'm just not interested you know I'm probably Mm -hmm. about eight or nine and just shut down um but I looking back now with with the wisdom that I have I do believe that that is what they were and I really identify with with the the role of light worker so I really believe that that's what they were and and, you know I, I I'm quite psychically open so I have a lot of visions but I've never had that connection in that way since then which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. I'm sure it will come come at some point and I yeah. hope they do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they're just maybe showing themselves in different ways you know mm-hmm. yeah I definitely can identify with the chatter like I remember growing up that I would hear like voices I think it was definitely like, ancestors or like you know family from the other side but um I couldn't see them and then I still remember like the thoughts I was having from like my, like, I remember the exchange from one soul life to another. So I still remember like Mm -hmm. thoughts I had in my head of like, okay, this is our next life. And like, oh, we're in the crib now. Like I was like, I felt like my past life was like walking this new, my now life, like through the motions. And then that like voice kind of dissipated, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I don't know if you believe I mean, you probably do believe in past lives. But Mm. like, do you feel like you this is like not your first life? Oh, no, no, definitely not. I don't. I mean, that's amazing to have those that actual very clear connection as well. That's highly unusual. I mean, I I know I have lineages. I know that I have gifts from past lives. I feel very connected to, you know, the, there's Lemuria definitely, definitely really connected to that time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I have vision. So whenever I run energy, that's my way in really when I run energy and I do crystal gridding as part of my transference healing practices. I I see glimpses like keyhole images of, of mm-hmm. visions of past lives with clients or with myself. And then they kind of open up more and more. So that's how I experience it. And you just know, don't you, that it's just things you've never seen that are just 
just look otherworldly so you know it's not not memories from this lifetime mm-hmm. and um you know and you just start to piece 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 these things together don't you mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's really interesting so for those who are listening who maybe don't know um like what is a light worker that yeah that's a really good question so from my point of view i have always felt that light you know light work is i don't want to say like an extension of empathy but all you know i feel that all light workers are empaths um empaths have incredible gifts mm-hmm. um and what i feel and what i've experienced and people may disagree with me is that empaths who really open up to their gifts and can move beyond the fear you know and feel this need to be of service and know how to you know sense energy in, in a room shift energy in a room and run that energy and protect that energy then go on to become light workers that's how I've experienced it and that that, you know I work I work with light workers so I kind of feel that within them I don't believe some people again may disagree with me I don't believe that light workers are necessarily destined for a spiritual how to phrase this like a career or a job as some sort of spiritual teacher or healer I feel that light workers are needed in every field of work and interest so you know you see a lot of them in nursing and Mm -hmm. um, or especially empaths in nursing you know um, health industry teaching as well a lot of empaths but also light workers you know light workers can be the people that don't even necessarily see themselves as spiritual but they have an energy that is of a certain frequency and so when you're in their presence you just feel lifted they you know these are sorts of people that that naturally have a quite a philosophical positive nature you know they see the, the the higher good in things they see the learning in things um you know and they're just there and they're placed and and you know to hold a, a presence and hold a space for others and they do that really naturally mm-hmm. um, but obviously some then really want to be more of a service so they hone their skills they maybe learn a vehicle they learn a modality so that they can you know really be of service in that way and that becomes their their way of living and being and you know they they earn they earn their living from that as well you know it's all different ways uh, but that's just what I've experienced and I've seen you know I, mm-hmm. I, I can't talk for every single person but um obviously I work with a lot of light workers and, and that's really my understanding around it Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely that the skill of sensing energy, you know, you can go into a place and it can feel dense, it can feel lighter, but you know how to shift that. You just know innately how to shift that and you you just innately hold a space for people. And I would say that that really is the workings, the foundation of light work. Obviously, there are other gifts that come with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like language like language and all these sorts of things. But um, essentially, I would say it's that. That's really, really cool. Um, do you ever go to a place? And of course, you're like in the UK, so it's, it's so old. But do you ever like just go into a place and you're like, okay, I feel the energy or like even like haunted places, you can like feel it? 
it's I sense probably like a lot of us I sense presences I sense entities when I'm working um with transference healing I can clear entities you know Mm -hmm. as in spirit as in you know things that are unwanted I can run energy on a house so I can I can clear that energy by running and you know running the energy obviously we become very skilled at cleansing as well so you know we Mm -hmm. be like you I've got loads of resins and things like that so I have to clear the energy in 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 Mm -hmm. the house because you know we're all transmuting and and negativity and density and releasing but yeah I can read energy um, and probably like many empaths read someone's energy it's not that you know necessarily what they're thinking but you can kind of feel the intent behind someone can't Mm -hmm. you feel the energy of someone's words and actions you know you see it's almost like we see things as energy you know so I be well I think we also become really I mean I've become really really protective of my light and energy because I work hard to mm-hmm. raise my frequency so I really you know I make sure that if I'm not in a good space you know some you know obviously that happens I don't go to places that I know will lower my vibration that will lower my frequency so I know I know which places like there's certain supermarkets that I won't go to okay I will you know just <laughs> yeah um, if I can make those choices, um, you just you just become very good at energy management. That's what I call it, energy management. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing how to raise your vibration, protect your energy, uh, avoid the places that you know are, are lower density. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just shift the energy as well if it needs shifting in your home and environment. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I also want you to kind of. Uh, talk about transference healing Mm -hmm. and like what that means as well because that's something um, new for me so I'm very curious to get your take on it yeah it's it's not that it's not that well known and what's really unusual about it is the founder of it is still is still very much alive um she's Australian and she channeled through this whole system so it's a modality um you know a system of healing and it basically teaches us to run energy in a particular way using procedures and um, we use all sorts of tools around that as well. Like we have gridding templates, we have um, particular program crystals, we work with vibrational crystalline essences um, that we give to the uh, the client afterwards to kind of sustain the work, the energy work that we've done. We, within it is so much is involved. I mean, it's really incredible when you think someone actually channeled this through, but it's, it's how life works really. Um, so we use we we tap into past ascended master consciousness. We go into Chiron woundings, you know, like deepest core woundings. We use color frequency and rays. We use sound healing. I mean, there's just so much light body technology as well is a big part of it. So so much goes into a healing that we will run in on a client. Or I use it creatively, like for example, I could use it and run it on a project. Mm-hmm. You know, something or if, if there's something I'm birthing through, I will run it on that. Um, I can use it on a group. I can use it etherically, so people don't even, you know, I work with people all around the world. Um, it's it's an incredible, um, you know, high frequency energy system. Um, which I've, it's the only one that I've learned because I just I love it. So it's, mm-hmm. for me, it's so comprehensive, mm-hmm. and I can really feel the shifts as well. So. 
Wow. That's so exciting. It's like, yeah, it just sounds like everything kind of immersed in one. And yeah, that's very beautiful. It's interesting that you're mentioning Chiron because Chiron is an Aries right now for another couple of years. And how has that experience been? Because this is like your natal Chiron. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So obviously, so Kai, I'll just do a little bit of a background, um, Mm -hmm. very briefly, really get nerdy about this. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, nerding about the spiritual stuff. But so Chiron is like a planetoid, like a minor planet, okay? And um, it's basically, it's all about our deep, you know, obviously all planets have different properties and supports in different ways. And Chiron is all about our deepest core wounding. So what it is to the very core that we, you know, we really struggle with. It's like our life challenges that kind of seep into everything. And it was prophesied by the ancient Mayans that when the um, the consciousness of Chiron returned to planet Earth, humanity would find the key to their healing. Because basically what it's saying is that the more you work through your core woundings, the more you heal, right? Mm-hmm. And this planet was discovered in seven, 1977 when when everyone, you know, if you think about it, well, you won't know that because you're obviously a lot younger <laughs> than me, but, um, and I was very young at the time, but we know that at that time, you know, everyone was sort of started to delve into crystal healing and find all these new modalities again because before we were very suppressed in all of that. And so what had happened was, you know, astrologers and astronomers had discovered this new planet mm-hmm. and seen this new called it Chiron and so the consciousness of the fact that we can self-heal came back to earth and, and to humanity and so it represents our core wounding so and it delegates our core wounding so it happens in periods of time so I'm born in I was born in 71 mm-hmm. and for about six year periods either side that Chiron was the planet was in Aries mm-hmm that delegated my deepest core wounding, which is in Aries, okay? So the Chiron wounding in Aries is all about our sense of self. So we have, it's so difficult to to kind of describe it and explain it because it's so ingrained within me, but I have always struggled with really knowing who I am. Mm -hmm. Always, you know, when I look back, I'd probably like mimic and copy people in the way they dress. And they, I just didn't have a sense of uniqueness. And this would come out in low self-esteem, you know, just um, not really knowing myself, who I was, what my passions were. You know, it's really far mm-hmm. reaching. And um, also we, we, our gift, there's always a gift is, is our power and our ability to sense energy and work with energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the power thing, we, we often have imbalances in our power. And what I mean by that is our inner power. So Chiron in Aries can be either bulldozery, as in they are overpowering with people. And I can spot them. I can, the Chiron in Aries, I can spot them a mile off. They're underpowered or they're a little, you know, they'll kind of wobble between the two. And it's, we are, we're kind of called throughout, you know, we're talking lifetimes of working on this. Um, You know, you don't, it's not something you just sort out in a month or whatever, but you you know, it's about recognizing it first and foremost, seeing when it's playing out for you. And for me, it's being balanced in the way I use my power because we're the sort of people that will go into the room. If we're not in good space, no one mm-hmm. is. Big energy. Mm-hmm. 
versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in a really good place. We 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 shift the energy. We hold so much energy, um, and you know every wounding has you know has the wounding, the challenges, and also the gifts behind it. So you can see that when we start to really balance, become more balanced in our power, we make amazing energy healers and energy shifters and and all this sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chiron's super fascinating. And I taught a class a couple years ago in New York on Chiron um, in 2018, actually, when it just went into Aries. It was interesting because Chiron spends the longest time between Pisces and Aries, because those are kind of the two difficult, the most difficult signs to master, which is like the endings to get to that beginning. Pisces, I guess, would kind of be the lock and Aries is the key because the glimpse of Chiron is like a key shape, which I think is, you know, really cool. But it's interesting because since Chiron has been in Aries again since 2018, we are kind of healing the masculine in a way because Aries is a very masculine sign, very Mars oriented um, and I feel it's women or people who identify as female, it is kind of reclaiming their power from those masculine patriarchal capitalistic structures. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. I have my Chiron and Leo, so I definitely can see the wounds there when it comes to relationships mm-hmm. um, and my own creativity, like getting in my own way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I feel like it's, it's hard when you have Chiron and Aries because you are like you're the best relationship you have or the most important relationship you will have is with yourself. So yeah. if you are having a, t- a tough time recognizing that, you know, that's hard. That's a, a deep wound for sure. I think every wound is, is, is a struggle, isn't it? You know, every wound is because we feel it so much more. I think we all mm-hmm. feel aspects of each other's wounds, don't we? Mm-hmm. You know, as a challenge, but when it's our own, it's, it's so difficult because, it's so ingrained, isn't it? And it enters into everything. And we're so used to feeling and seeing things like that through mm-hmm. that filter. That, that I mean, that that for me has been the challenge is knowing when it's unfolding and playing out. Yeah. And when like the wound gets triggered, you're just like, you know, because you're like, oh my gosh, why can't this be easy for me? Why am I struggling? It's like, well, that's the Chiron wound. And, you know, um, we have to take accountability of our own healing of that wound. And, you know, Chiron, it's a very, it's a very beautiful, you know, experience and it can be very empowering in the chart, but it's also like an area of struggle that we just have to be conscious about. So yeah, I mean, my husband is Chiron in Aries as oh, well. Oh, wow, okay. As is my brother-in-law. You know, it was quite, you know, we'd have quite a lot of power plays, you know, and as I guess as you step more into yourself and you your sense of self develops, that has lessened, but it is there. It's definitely there. Feeling it with the Aries is of not being overlooked and, you know, all having the last word. And, you know, it's, it's quite a clash of, you know, personalities and, and power and, yeah, mm-hmm. quite feisty sometimes. <laughs> yeah, very, very feisty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting too. So it is. Yeah. I do want to talk about like crystals because I didn't know crystals were like so big into your work. And I love to hear that because I'm crystal obsessed. And um, so what are your favorite crystals to work with? 
Well, I suppose really that the quartz, that's the obvious one because it's that master crystal, isn't it? It's it's all of them rolled into one, really. And we we work a lot. I use crystal ones. So they're often, you know, quartz points and things that are programmed. And I just love the purity of it. So when I'm running energy, you know, I have, I mean, I've got a ton of them on my desk. So I have little, you know, I have bigger bits as well, much bigger bits, but I have clusters, quartz clusters, because they... You know, they help transmute the energy and um, they just hold a certain frequency. So I would say that's the biggest one. I mean, I, I work with probably quite common. I have a lot of amethyst. I love amethyst. Mm-hmm. I know they're really common ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a massive carnelian actually here as well. I'm just showing. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> roads really but it's I suppose my work ones are quartz and amethyst really yeah oh and Mm -hmm. selenite I do like to have selenite for gridding you know just um to hold the space in the room so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I'd say they were the main ones really Mm -hmm. very awesome yeah amethyst is it's so interesting I have like the most of it and I don't even really it just like naturally comes to my life where I'm drawn to it but rose quartz is my favorite crystal Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I don't know, I, like all of a sudden I have all this amethyst in my life. And I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> it just found me. <laughs> yeah, that they do, don't they? And we get a bit obsessed. It's a bit addictive. Oh, yeah. It? We just love the frequency, I think. it's mm-hmm. Yeah. So crystal grids, I'm, I work with crystals, but I don't do a lot of crystal grid work. So kind of walk me through your process um, and... If it's like something that you just do kind of organically, or do you actually have like a physical grid that you um, set up? But I definitely want to learn a little bit more of like your practice with that. Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that actually. So as a transference healer, I've gone to what we call mystery school, um, which is where we do a lot of gridding practices. And so once a month, we gather in the etheric with all the mystery school graduates. It sounds a bit like Hogwarts. Isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit really. I mean, my husband must say, oh my God, when he sees me, I'm like lying all these crystals. Um, but basically what we do is we arrange a time and place and we're basically gridding into the earth and the cosmos. So we're, we're working on the global grid matrix, which is, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard of it, the lattice work of light and energy that intersects into the planet and goes up into cosmos. So we, we connect into that through the crystals. So we place the crystals in a certain order and mm-hmm. we either have the person that we are gridding with us physically, but now more and more it's etheric. So we call them up into the grid and we lay out the crystals in a particular order so that they can connect up into the global grid and connect to certain planets and star systems and um, we again have certain procedures we run the energy within the grid on the on on the participant and um, you know we do a bit of Merkabah travel so we we we, I often I mean I have so many visions when I'm in that grid it's so powerful you you really go off into a different space and you just see the these things that again you would never see you just you've never seen them before and I I love it it's like a kaleidoscope of images and colors and it's incredible yeah you have a lot of releasing and um it really is about experiencing different realms um and then they call you back in and you come back into your body and then we run another set of little procedures or a prayer or something an invocation just to Mm -hmm. close the grid down again and we do it every every month 
Okay. And it is very much about supporting the global grid and humanity because obviously we're all connected via this energy. Um, and so that that's part of our gridding practices. Yeah, really powerful. Wow, that sounds cool. I would love to be a part of that. That's just like mm. fascinating. I love that. Mm. How do you protect and raise your vibration as empathetic light worker? Yeah, I love that question. It's such an important question. I think I think a lot of people really, I know I really struggled with that. And it is, this is the core of what I do and how I, I support light workers, empathic light workers. So obviously, as we've talked about, empaths are very sensitive, they onboard a lot of the emotional landscape. And so there's different procedures that I work with one of them is the cord cutting um I'll have to describe it because obviously you can't see me but I mm-hmm. I see um the energy and um you know energetic interaction or interactions with other people as energy and you know I can see the energy as like ropes coming from one solar plexus to the other person's solar plexus so I do a lot of cord cutting and I just simply cut through that. So that's a way of me not getting so impacted by by people's energy field. Mm. Um, another thing that I do regularly is just really simple techniques like running white light on myself. So I'd start from the bottom beneath my feet. I would set the intent to run energy through my hands and I'd run my hands slowly up the body. And just allow that white light to come into the body and, uh, you know, to come out into the auric field and back into the heart. So lots, I work a lot with energy to help protect, to help mm-hmm. protect it. Um, I make discerning choices. Like I said before, I don't watch um, films that I, you know, I just watch teenage like Netflix series because they're <laughs> light. They're not, I'm just obsessed with yeah. things. I just don't want to, you know, like you, we have all these kind of daily practices. We work hard to raise our vibration. And I just don't want to watch something that will really get under my skin and lower that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watch what I eat. You know, it's always I, I try and be mindful. And I call myself a vibrational eater. So I eat higher you know, fresher foods, things like that, drink plenty of water. I'm really discerning over who I spend time with as well. If I'm not in a good space, I I won't, you know, you you have friends and sometimes people are, they can be a little bit, you know, you know, and we love them to bits, but I know I I just won't spend time with them if I'm not in a good space. There's no point, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things like that. Um, Another good, um, Good technique that I use. It's a little bit out there, but I work a lot with the elemental kingdom and I work, I invoke gargoyles. So when I'm feeling in a particularly insecure, fearful space, I invoke the gargoyle and I imagine its wings wrapped around me and it just shifts the energy and I kind of move out of that fear space. So just loads of stuff like that. Another really good technique is you can just hang white light on your door so that when people come through, they're getting cleansed and, um, you know, as they leave, they're, they're, they're getting their energy cleansed and you're getting your energy cleansed. You know, loads of stuff like that. Shielding as well, energetic shielding. You know, I've, I've learned to be really creative with the energy um and I just work with what feels right you know a lot of it is intent and visualization um and it just shifts shifts my vibration so I do a lot of things like that that's really really interesting especially the gargoyles too I never heard of that but that's really really cool and yeah that's it's really good too because it's like 
the mindfulness of like the energy and like for me like I don't watch the news like that to me that is like the worst I don't have like news notifications on my apps like I'll see stuff uh through you know social media but sometimes you can't help you know what you see on social media so mm. that's kind of how I know about a lot of things yeah it's it's hard because I feel like if there's true crime where it was like, there's a lot of interesting dramas and it's like, you want to like, I love personally that like, I love the mysteries, but it is low vibrational and, you know, being mindful of like, okay, I can only watch like one episode of this true crime show or like, (laughs) I can't listen to a true crime podcast every day, you know, (laughs) but, um, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. We were talking about this tonight because my, I have a, and it sounds awful really as a mother I have a 12 year old son who's always been interested in slasher you know those kind of horror movies like Mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street that's a really old one but he's got a fascination with it and it just does not seem to impact on him and I think that everyone is different like everyone Mm -hmm. has a filter and he gets so much enjoyment out of it because he sees it from a a filmmaker's point of view you know so I think you know what suits one like you say you love the crime true crime I know I couldn't watch that but there's probably stuff that I watch that you, you <laughs> did, doesn't really you know or will impact you do you know what I mean it's, yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. funny I think everyone's different um you know and I suppose it's understanding ourselves isn't it and what's lowering our vibration and what what's raising it really like also too with um the vibrational eating is that more like a vegetarian like vegan yeah. type thing it's it's kind of just a food a way of eating that totally suits me if i'm really honest it's just a term i've coined because i kind of toyed with the idea of veganism and i love that idea but i think i've really got to dive in deep and to really get the full benefit you know there's a whole art to it and um i like meats but i have tiny little bits mm-hmm. and so i've called it vibrational eating because it's what I fancy is what I feel my body needs I'm trying to I'm just I suppose it's more like intentional eating um you know but I like to have the fresh fruits and veg and smoothies and you know because it feels um the frequency feels higher you know I buy beautiful vegetables and fruit from the market and you know so it's like intentional vibrational eating so it's what I feel my body needs at that time and I try and be in tune with it you know I love my chocolate and and I love my wine and, mm-hmm. you know, and I've tried all sorts of different things. Um, I've always been really, again, it's this energy thing of how something that I eat makes my body feel and how it affects my physicality. I don't know whether you're, I've always been obsessed with that. So I've never put myself in a box because I don't want to mm-hmm. uh, limit myself. I see it as limitation. I'm sure others would not see it like that. But it's just, I, I just like experimenting with different foods and different supplements. And I've always been like that. It's quite mm-hmm. Taurian in a way, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I've got Taurian somewhere in my chart. But yeah, so that <laughs> that's what I call myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Flexible. Or mm-hmm. flexitarian. Yeah, flexitarian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. I definitely, I can feel that too. Like, I mean, I was vegetarian for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I started incorporating more like meat back into my diet. But I can't eat meat like every week. Like, I don't know. It's like you feel you just feel the energy of like that animal or, you know, so 
it's just definitely like, I feel the lighter foods. Like I'm obsessed with salads and mm-hmm. smoothies. Those are like my favorites, but I love French fries. I yeah, love ice exactly. cream. Exactly. I love cheese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it gives us so much pleasure. It's like food for the soul, isn't it? You know, if it's giving us that much pleasure, it's important to indulge, isn't it? A little mm-hmm. bit. And that's it. That's what I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were telling me that you're really into moonology. Can you kind of talk to me about like your moon rituals and how you kind of work with the moon? Yeah, that's yeah, I love the moon. I mean, she's she's a constant, isn't she? I mean, as are the planets and but but we there's just so much fascination I find around. I've always been you know, very drawn to her and noticing her and attuning to her. And, you know, it's just a practice that's developed over time. And and with my membership, with my Lunar Lightworker membership, we follow, we actually deliberately, intentionally follow the cycles. And I, I really focus on four phases. I know there's more phases to the moon, but we we look at the dark moon, uh, new moon, full moon and waning moon. And we, we kind of really pay attention to how how we're feeling, how our energy, our physicality is, our, our, our moods. And, you know, because she is a big cosmic influencer, without a mm-hmm. doubt, and one that we can see, you know, so present, so beautiful. We also use her in, in kind of rituals as well for setting our new moon intentions. We have a new moon at the time of recording this coming up this week, don't we? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and looking at what, what she's starting, which zodiac sign and what that's bringing in for us. And we, you know, we like to, I run energy around that for the membership and for myself. And we look at what we want to bring in, the newness. Uh, we probably journal on that. And um, sometimes with the family, we have fire, fire, you know, we light a fire and we put our intentions into the fire. You know, just little mm-hmm. things like that. Put our crystals out for cleansing. And then at the full moon, we use that phase, particularly in the membership, to look, you know, to look back and see what it is we, we've achieved and what we haven't achieved and and maybe celebrate and, um, you know, get lots of inspiration. It's a very creative time where the veils are thin, as, as in as is the new moon phase. Um, so it's a really good time. It's very busy, very creative, very um, physical time for us. And um, then we kind of move into that waning moon phase where we're starting to let go. It's that shedding, letting go of what what's not serving us. Um, you know, but but just it's just about for me, it's about a way in to pay attention to her more so that we mm-hmm. know that her impact is stronger on us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I think for me too, the full, I mostly just do work around the full and the new moon, but I've been trying to do more work around like my moon phase when I was born. Mm-hmm. So, which I think sometimes that's probably, it might be more powerful because it's personal because it's like, Oh, I was born during, you know, a crescent moon or a waning crescent or whatever gibbous, you know, there's so many phases, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, but definitely yeah, the new and full moon is a great period to be Uh, very in tune to your magic and manifestation. Yeah. For your dreams. Cause a lot of the work that you're doing too, with the moon is to help manifest your dreams. So 
so obviously we have cycles within cycles we're all aware of that we have earth cycles seasonal cycles lunar cycles but obviously within the cosmos we have the planets um you know which go into retrograde so what what I like I'm just obsessed with cosmology I find it fascinating from again an energy point of view and how that impacts on us and at the time of recording we know we've just stepped into this lion's gateway portal which is another cycle so for example if we look at that one we know that um it's it's a huge period real power period really potent for accelerated manifestation you know it comes around once every year in leo season Mm -hmm. um you know it's all about you know stepping into our power speaking our truth you know it's that it's that lion consciousness it's being the lion being majestic and sovereign and and really holding ourselves when we're going through our struggles and you know the for example the ancient egyptians really revered this for for them it was a really a major time of the year Mm -hmm. it was all to do with the alignment between the sun and the sirius star dog star sirius sirius energy um so once a year we know at this time we've got this big influx of Syrian energy which is like a a game changer to humanity you know big things happen lots of souls awaken like I said we have accelerated manifestation so you know the one of the reasons that we we look at all of these cycles you know for the for this one for example the lion's gate is so that we are very aware of what's going on Mm -hmm. we understand the impact we understand why we're feeling this need to align with our calling and why 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 we might be getting a little antsy because we're not quite aligned you know all of the it's so important I think but also more importantly we start to harness these energies so you know if you're really big on manifestation or you've got this big need to get something out there what better time to do that than now Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's this connection by paying attention to these dates and these cycles and understanding their influence um you know we we I feel we really start to see those benefits and we can just we just navigate the the times the challenges and the intensity with more ease and grace so for me it's you know it's 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 a really a no-brainer to at least pay attention to the lunar cycles and and you know retrogrades and you know like an, for um another example of a retrograde is mercury we've we've all mm-hmm. heard of that one because probably because you know it retrogrades three to four times a year so it's the most common one in a way you know some of them re- like venus retrogrades i think it's every 18 months so re- uh, mercury retrograde comes around a lot more often now re- mercury is the ruler of communication and connection so you know it's it's off it's kind of like an overhaul of how we connect with others you know we're getting pushed to have conversations that we haven't wanted to have before <laughs> or mm-hmm. we get like exes you know like ex-boyfriends girlfriends or you know whatever coming up and suddenly mm-hmm. surfacing and it's a way for us to have another go at rekindling relationship or, or getting something right or you know it's all of it and it's so interesting because you see it you see it playing out but you have this bigger understanding and I, I really feel that by paying attention to the cos- cosmology it kind of makes you more expansive more in your higher vision more out there more soul connected so we do a lot of that in the membership as well we pay attention to these key energy dates and mm-hmm. it's so important and like um, I think especially now with 
everything going on with the, the moon's nodes and like all the squares that are happening this Leo season. It's, it's, most of it is actually kind of starting with this Leo new moon mm-hmm. and um, initiating a lot of what's going on with the planets. But it's so important to know because we're all influenced then because we all have a birth chart. And, you know, I feel we feel Mercury the most because it is the closest planet to the sun and it happens three to four times a year. So we're, you know, we're very, you know, clear with the Mercury ones, but there's so many others that Mm -hmm. they do impact us either personally, like Saturn, I think is one of like the biggest planets too, that impacts us. Um, but also there's generational impacts as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, can just kind of see like a common thread a lot of Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. I don't know where my life would be without astrology. <laughs> I mean, I often say you, you probably, if we didn't have this wisdom, I would honestly say hands on heart. I think I would have lost the plot ages ago. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, find, I think I feel, I honestly feel that for people that don't have that higher consciousness or that wisdom, it must be such a struggle, especially now, especially in these times when, you know, all they're seeing is the struggle and the shifts in relationships and the shifts in jobs and and, and the physical symptoms rising up. And it's all to clear, isn't it? And shift. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that higher consciousness around it, it must be so damn difficult, mustn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. like you, I'm so grateful for that wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I like it's, yeah, it makes life, I feel it makes your life so much more full and rich yeah. to have yeah. it. And it just, I don't know, it allows you to have some peace because I feel like people who, you know, don't, they're not connected with it. They're not connected with their spirituality or themselves. Like they go through a lot of depression or, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. they don't know, um, they feel like very hopeless. And I feel like, okay, mm-hmm. kind of knowing what's going on with the cosmicology and um, know what's going on with like your own energy can really kind of help you feel a little bit more connected or just feel a little bit more okay. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> yeah, you dance with it, don't you? You dance with the ups and downs and it's mm-hmm. you know we we know we know we're going to get through it and you know it's just you just experience it totally different I mean obviously we all have our wobbles and we all lose it don't we mm-hmm. we kind of cope it in better ways I think or we you know we, we experience it differently is there anything coming up for your business that you want to talk about um any like projects or anything exciting to share yeah, thank you. So I basically got two services. I have a membership that's currently closed, but there is a wait list. It's a lunar light worker membership. So it's like a circle of light where we gather as light workers and we have higher teachings, healings, moon rituals. There's lots and lots of there's like a members herb. So I have lots and lots of light tools and technology for you to use. Um, you know, for the members to use. So there's there's that part of it. And mm-hmm. I also have my Earth Alchemy coaching, um, which is small group or one to one. It's bespoke coaching. So it really is for the light workers and the empaths who want to really step into their light and find their gifts and reconnect and reclaim to their spiritual lineages and connect to soul purpose. So it's kind of like a further on from the membership and from the light work. So it's, it's two things really that I offer, but, and that is currently open at the moment. And it's like a six week program, high touch program that I run every six, seven weeks. Wow. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Um, So what does support look like for you and how can we best support you at this time? 
Lovely. Thank you. So the best way to find me is on, I would say, Instagram. Um, so I'm at Luna Lightworker, all in one word. Um, I have to say Luna with an R because there is a big sex site which doesn't have an R and it's called <laughs> Luna Lightworker. So I always say that in case you come across <laughs> that and think it's me, it's not. Um, so I have everything on there and you can find links in my bio to the membership and the Earth Alchemy. But I would love to have you come on board you know I do a lot of um reels and lives and um there's just lots of information posts information wisdom posts about different cosmic key cosmic dates and things like that so just come and hang out awesome thank you so much and I'll have all your um social media in the show notes for those listening and thank you so much so it was so great talking to you and it was such a pleasure Oh, it was really lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Awesome. Bye, everyone.